This is the Untitled Film Project Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy K. Gover, Justin Bradford, and I am Jim Chandler. Welcome to the show. Why is it called Untitled Film Project Podcast? Because, because all, all the, the good, good names were taken. taken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're talking about one of the best movies ever made 30 years ago. I'm guessing we're all still excited by the movie Jurassic Park. Dinosaurs! I love dinosaurs. I think I still might have my flashcards from when I was a kid. <laughs> Everyone got them, and then remember, they would say, oh, you know, for like 20 more dollars, you can get 50 more flashcards. No way. Oh my gosh. It had pictures on them and all the stats and everything that ended up now being out of date and wrong, but still, you memorize those. Every kid, right? How many yeah. doubles did the Triceratops have in? How many what? Doubles. You said stats. Right. Sports jokes. Sorry. <laughs> look, this is, look, this is what you're going to get, buddy. All right. Awesome. I mean, this is what you signed up Stop for. Stop trying to make sports like, into We're talking about the big pile podcast. of poop from the trike? Yeah, yeah. tri- or what? Stat. <laughs> it's one big pile. That's scat. the stat. Scat. Dong. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, Jurassic Park, uh, Steven Spielberg, 1993. Uh, stars, you know, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, uh, Sir David Attenborough. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff Goldblum. We have Samuel L. Jackson. Everyone's like, I didn't know he was in that. Wait, wait, if, wait, 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 wait. If you did you say David Attenborough? I did. I did, didn't I? <laughs> he creates documentaries. <laughs> He's the documentary He's a, guy. Just want to make sure we had San, the Santa Claus is in this one. Richard Attenborough. <laughs> His long lost brother. <laughs> I, he did Miracle on 34th Street the same year. This is true. So true. just okay. throwing that out there. Just, sorry to interrupt you, <laughs> Sir Jimothy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different people. I'm glad you corrected me before yes. all of the internet. I just, did. Yeah, I didn't want Twitter to come at you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, your experience watching Jurassic Park. When was the last time you saw Jeremy Gover? Well, I just love watching this because, well, for two reasons. One, we've got obviously the Jurassic World conclusion coming up. Yep. Of that saga, right? And then, uh, but on top of that, I haven't seen this movie in 15 years. Oh, I know. it's been a while. Dude. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, hey. Dude. It's, how many times have you watched it in the last 15 years, Justin? Yeah. Bradford? Since I've watched it, how many times have you watched it, maybe? I'd say at least 15. So one time being in concert with the National year? Symphony. Okay, so it's clearly one of your favorite movies of all. One time. of my favorite movies, and one thing, if it's on TV, I'll have it on. I watched it before coming in, so it'd be fresh. Uh, as well, too. I, I just enjoy the movie. So well, I much. enjoy the movie as well, but it's not. It's, oh, it's not a high enough. rewatch value for me. So, it's therefore, dinosaur, like Castaway but... is a great example of a sure. movie that I absolutely adored, but I would probably never watch again. Right. right. So, Jurassic Park. I saw in the theater, nineteen ninety three. I think it was June, it was summer, summer of nineteen ninety three, with my girlfriend Rochelle at the time, and it was just mind blowing. The fact that you could have dinosaurs be real. And suspend all belief from the beginning that these, like, it looks like they took the brachiosauruses and the T Rexes and the Dilophosauruses out of a zoo somewhere, put them on a, on a on a big African plane or something, and then they shot this movie with yeah. real actors. It was, it's actually absolutely tremendous. And I will say that even 15 years later, I mean, the movie's been 30 years, but I haven't seen it in 15, it still holds up like a new movie. It does. It's because the yeah. real effects that they use, the, the machines they had to use for the T-Rex. One, because it's so humid, so they're having to keep it dry, so the skin's not like melting off and peeling away that they right. built this for, but also the animatronics keeping it keeping it greased up, keeping it just work in working order to do this. But that's what makes the movie so good today still, is that it was real, and that it wasn't all computer-based. That, right. that it was real things that you're seeing on the camera they're having to use real visual effects for, whether it's the, the shadowing with the lighting or using puppeteering, using big machines as well that are mechanical like yeah. T-Rex was that's why I think it helps hold up compared to things that where you had heavy heavy CGI in like the early 2000s sure. the, sorry the early the early aughts the aughts oh, <laughs> <please don't. laughs> but Call that's what that. I think makes it hold up so well is because it's real it doesn't look like it's on a screen or it looks like it's made by a computer because it's yeah. still it's it's something real that was being used in production there was only i think 10 shots uh, in the entire movie that were CGI everything else Involved a rubber latex creature that was yeah. on set, and yeah, and it still looks good. And these are prof- like like I was telling you guys off mic that there was all the adult cast 
is absolutely flawless. The casting for all the adults was flawless. But well, that's another that's another point later. <laughs> the point is is that how much better were their performances? Because they were interacting with real things. Oh, yes. As opposed yes. to a oh, green sure. screen or, okay, well, uh, pretend so-and-so is over here. And right. It's a really big coming. monster. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, yeah. The, the, I had so, a problem with the kids, but we'll get to that Well, later, I just want to sure. dive in right in then. Let's go, okay. let's go to the butt, which is when a film is so good, you've, and you've watched it so many times, like I have, <laughs> you start finding little things that are wrong. You, you get nitpicky yes. sometimes. And it's not like I'm trying to attack the film. It's more like... Come on, Steven. You couldn't reshoot. You're you're running you're running really close to the wire, right? So there's little things like that of continuity or things that I know we were talking off mic as well too, is like, what, there are things wrong with it? Like, yes, there are plenty of things that went wrong. They're like your cinema sin. And it's kind of fun. So <laughs> yeah, like, they're fun. yeah, nobody's saying this is a bad movie or and for any of those reasons, but it's there's nothing more fun. And I think this was an episode of Frasier. When you know Frasier's you know, talking to his brother, there's nothing more fun about going <laughs> going out to a restaurant. This is the best meal you've ever had, but you just nitpick about a couple little things. Yes. And that's the meal you remember. Yes. So that's this an movie, excellent Kelsey Grammer impression, well, by the, the way. It was awful. I don't know. I went through like three different <laughs> I was accents. trying to build you up. I was trying to build you up a little bit. You've got to set the show, set the pace, you know. <laughs> but Jurassic Park is, uh, is one of those movies that, uh, yeah, if we're going to find something wrong, it's going to be small. Yeah. Because it did so many things right. Or large, like the big pile of poop from the trike. Um, <laughs> no. One of, the, one of the big ones. But from, I believed it was real poop. I, oh, uh, that, that's exactly my point. It's, no, no, no. It, there's nothing wrong with the poop. There's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with the scat. <laughs> one of the big ones for me, though, is the T-Rex paddock. Okay. 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 So, go, go on. There, there was a goat. <laughs> When the goat is served on a silver platter to the T-Rex, they're like, T-Rex doesn't want to be served. The T-Rex needs to hunt. Right. So the ground is level there, level with where these Ford Explorers that are automated are. Aren't they Jeeps? I believe they're Ford <laughs> Explorers. Well, well, we're I, now you're making me second guess myself. Right, I believe they're Ford go. Explorers because right. of name placement and everything. I got him. You're pressing this button Gosh, so bad. So... There's that that's established as well. There's a, there's a, what I like is there's a bit of foreshadowing here because the camera pans up and you see the lights flashing mm-hmm. on the T Rex right. paddock, which is like <laughs> something's, something's gonna happen with gonna, those. It's gonna be bad. Yeah. So when they come back around, when the tropical storm, which only lasts like an hour, is hitting, have you been to Florida? <laughs> tropical, it's pretty realistic, but yeah. tropical storm, not just pop up showers. No, that's probably right. <laughs> that they were seeing on the radar with the clouds. Anyways. When well, there's get, one right there. When they get <laughs> right, <laughs> when they get to this point, when they're returning and everything stops because the power goes out, and the T Rex is entering through because the the beams break with its little T Rex arms. Sorry, I'm reminded yes. of Meet the Robinsons and the T Rex with I have a big head and really short arms. <laughs> uh, T Rex is pulling the things down. It is at ground level still with the SUVs. But when Timmy is stuck in the Ford Explorer and the T-Rex shoves it, (laughs) is it a Jeep? I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Go ahead. (laughs) Sound like the road runner. I don't even know anymore. Sound like the road runner. Jeep, Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) When the T-Rex pushes the SUV out and into a tree, the sucker falls at least, what, 50, 75 feet. So the T-Rex is not doing, like, there's not a trampoline down there for the T-Rex. It's boing, boing. Hello. That'd be fun. So there <laughs> was fun. for the T Rex. There was no ravine in the first in the first part. segment. Yeah, you don't see ravine. Everything is equal. Everything okay, but I thought I thought I'm, I'm not. I thought that the was the opposite. Direction. No, because the opposite side is where the lawyer hides in the outhouse for some reason. And then it gets eaten. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's where because that's where Ian runs to. I didn't see this. I didn't see what you're talking about. Here. <laughs> yeah, so the Ian, Ian runs it with the flare, and then no, no, the, right. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't. I thought that that side. No, just one side is okay. the paddock. Right. One one okay. side has everything else is like open area type of thing that is part of the tour that you can. There's an outhouse again for some reason, but the paddock <laughs> like, like is from the, the 30s outhouse. Yeah, you know, yeah, an actual like, outhouse. <laughs> He's just sitting on a toilet and all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, but <laughs> but. <laughs> Lawyers, <laughs> but then, then you have um, Sam, no offense, any lawyers. Then you has Grant. Then you have Grant and Lexi, 
hanging by a wire over this ravine. So where is this? Why is this ravine there all of a sudden now when the exact same spot it was supposed to be level ground? Okay, okay. and you are Timmy really going nerd yeah, Timmy falls level deep, deep on yeah, But no, but but it makes people question when you see him multiple times. Like, wait, now why is the ravine well, it there? It makes now? people question when you bring it up because yeah. no, no, I'm not bringing. I'm not. No, no, this that. has been discussed multiple times. Okay, so many but, different places. Yeah, were they with people that saw it? You know, a couple of times, or yes, it's been it's been a highly sought after somebody topic. Somebody who watches it every no three days. A highly been, sought after. This topic. has been discussed. Are there by blogs more. on it? Yes, there's blogs about yes, this. Yes, it's a continuity error in there the movie. There was a short docu series, and I love Amazon this movie. I love this movie. I love it so the much. Jurassic Ravine. But again, with sixty-five million, when they discover, I hate both of you. When they discover, when you have Ellie. Dr. Sadler, right? Yes. Okay. Dr. Sadler, yes. I know we're on a first name basis with you. <laughs> when they discover Ian, yes. and then they see the car down at the bottom of the ravine that should not have existed, they all of a sudden go down there very quickly, and then they hear the footsteps of the T Rex coming, and Ian, we must move fast, move fast, faster, faster, faster. They make it all the way back up the ravine that more quickly. Like, are we saying this was like a five-minute round trip to the bottom of the ravine and up. Was there an elevator? Was there a quick staircase? Was there a fireman's pole? How did they get back up so quickly? And if that's the case, why did Grant, Lexi, and Timmy also not go back up quickly? Yeah, they're probably thinking, well, the T-Rex is up there. But after a while, the T-Rex would not be there, be exploring the rest of Jurassic Park to go see what it can kill next. That's just, its I know it's nitpicky. The amount of thought you've put into these things that nobody else has ever Ever no, no, no! Don't say nobody else. With. If you plenty of people have, okay. if you ever wondered if we prepare for this show, <laughs> here's evidence. This is Exhibit A. This isn't just prepare, preparation for the show. I've always thought this. Aside from viewing it in the movies when have I was you been a child, waiting your whole life to air. By definition, this continuity you've been yes. preparing for this show. Then yes, I've been preparing my whole life for this show. Dear okay, Lord. another one. Another one, then. Well, I don't get to say get... one? Go for it, then. I was on a roll. I didn't like the kids. There you go. Jeremy K. Gover doesn't like children? He hates kids. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make that leap, I suppose. Okay. But the, all the my point, all the adult, ca- the casting for all the adults is flawless. Okay? You've got, I mean, we've already talked about everybody, but my point is that everybody is great in their spot. They play the character well. They're in embrace their embrace the nuance of, of the characters. Yeah, they're in the prime of acting. They're not so famous like a Tom Cruise or a Jack Nicholson or a Harrison Ford, where you have a hard time not typecasting them into something. You actually like right when they come on stage, you're like, okay, Laura Dern is a scientist. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Australian uh, dude, he kills uh, dinosaurs if they get out of control. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's yeah he's not right. messing around. You know, uh, so you've got everyone kind of falls into place. But the kids, what is the one thing you want to see in a movie when you go to a, when you go to a, see a movie? What is the number one thing you want to see? Break it all the way down, not like oh, great story, fresh What's, popcorn. I want to okay. The uh, second uh, thing, <laughs> then. <laughs> things you can't eat. Uh, I want to I want to escape. Yeah, I you want to escape reality. You want own. to avoid anything that will break the fantasy that you're watching something real. Yes. So that's exactly what the kids did to me. Every time the kids were on screen, except for maybe like the climbing up the electric fence scene. They were pretty good at that. Because, well, I don't know if they were very good uh, at yeah. it, but I was lost in the drama I would of the say situation. The back of the Welcome Center was decent with her with the jello. Decent reaction there. Still looked fake. But she in the still kitchen. looked like she was acting to me. I can do this right here in my. You can't see this on radio, but I can see this in my hand. I can. Act but in the, the kitchen, same. I would say they're when they're actually. It looks like okay. They're more in a real life I'll give situation. You that. When, when the Velociraptors are going through the kitchen halls, right? Because I will. think it was probably staged better for them to act more as well. Maybe so. But my point is that the, other than those two scenes, okay. Jeremy every time the kids were on screen, I got reminded that I was watching a film. That there was actually acting going on, that it was not real. Okay. And that took me out of the movie, and that's why I can't give it. I, I don't I, get to our grades, but I, I can't totally give it 10 out of 10. I understand you're upset that uh, that a nine-year-old didn't uh, bring the professionalism and experience. All right, let me stop you right Dern there. Let me stop you right Sam there. Neal. Let me stop you right there. If it wasn't possible, <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem. Jim's supposed to be our if therapist. You, if you, yeah. If you, you go, troll? Well, <laughs> if you take Anna Paquin from The Piano and Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense, okay. or even Drew Barrymore from E.T., whatever, and you put them... In the correct age in that in those roles, we're not having this. Discussion. Oh wait, hold on. 
Could Drew Barrymore from E.T. have done dramatic acting? And that at that point, good. I know she's really good, but I, I we why are Firestarter? Have you seen that? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the crap reboot one that just, just came out. The about other one, the, the original Drew Barrymore, one. the really right. young Drew Barrymore would not yeah. be of age to be in Jurassic Park either. Okay. It was an but example. He dropped it. Holy crap! He did make. He did specify if they were the correct age. I was trying to give another example that's not Anna Paquin. I like the Anna Paquin one. Uh, all I want to say is that right now, <laughs> listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast, that there might be a kid, there might be an adult, who is that actor listening to you criticize their performance from their childhood, and they're going to have to go back to their job at Enterprise Rental Car and think about this for the rest of the day. And be sad. Uh, we're not sponsored by Enterprise Rental Car. <laughs> you made people sad, Jeremy. You made but Enterprise Rental Car, if you'd like to sponsor the show, we can <laughs> work out a deal. Work it out. Work so out. I can't follow believe us you're, at, you, uh, you're ripping these child actors. That's amazing. Thank you. I, well, I'm not uh, ripping them. What I'm saying is the casting director should have done a better job with the kids. There's There are other there, kids there out go. there. Blame the actual adult in charge. Yeah. There you go. There are That's other kids. They probably acted to the best of their ability with what they knew. But I'm saying that there are other... Bless their heart. But there are other... Children, a child actors out there that have done stuff that did not take me out of a film. The Sixth Sense is a great example. The Piano is a great example. I'm sure, sure there's others if I really had time to think about it. The Children in Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're just reaching. Now, now, now you're just being silly. Yeah. There, there's. It can happen. Is I guess what I'm trying to get at. It can yes. happen if the casting director had done sure. a better job at casting those two parts. It would be a near flaw. They wasted their budget on the adults, right? Okay. I, I, last time, child actors commanded a huge paycheck. I don't know. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> he broke out in Home Alone. He didn't demand a huge paycheck Home for Alone that. Two. <laughs> He probably did. The good son is okay. Uh, sorry, it's a tangent. Anyways, let's let's talk about some of the great things about Jurassic Park. Okay, the adult cast. The, yes, <laughs> let's leave the children alone. Oh, I'm and sorry. talk about the good parts. I'm sorry. So, uh, is this the first movie? Do you think that probably planned out the merchandising, the amusement park rides, and everything else before the actual movie was made? Like where they they said okay, uh, unlike Star Wars where they got caught and they didn't know people were going to like it and they didn't have anything made, this is one where they made ten million you know Welcome to Jurassic Park T-shirts like you see in the gift shop in the movie, and they set up the SUVs on the rail going through the park and that's exactly what our ride is going to be and we're going to build it at the same time that this movie was the perfect merchandising opportunistic summer blockbuster which is impressive in that day and age prior to social media prior to like, the world is still very very big it's not smaller like it yep. is now right where you can kind of get on google hangouts and talk to 20 different google hangouts sorry <laughs> find zoom we're not sponsored by zoom so if zoom would like to sponsor the show M- reach out to us zoom. at google hangouts <laughs> I want Google Hangouts. The point is, is that <laughs> at least we, you could have said Microsoft Teams. <laughs> no, I'm actually contractually obligated not to say that because my wife hates Microsoft Teams and she's forced to use them in the your school. Your contract I, is the ring on your finger. I hate it too. I mean, I hate I hate it like kids in a dinosaur movie. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate your support. So they had the four. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. You were you were, you were saying well, yeah, like they didn't have social media and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, they but they know. had a major theme park as a Universal product. Yes, right, but right, but so what he's knew. saying though is that it's ballsy. Oh well, to yeah. say hey, we're gonna we know we have a winner so much so mm-hmm. well, we're gonna create all too. this crap before it comes out yeah. and be ready to go. That is ballsy. It is, but you knew what you had. Because the book was so popular. That's a good the book point. Book is great, and you had Spielberg. You had Spielberg heading it up. It's Spielberg, not like it's, yeah. At that point, he he has hit every he's Midas. movie out of the he's park. He's Midas. And yeah. when you're when you're promoting the film, you're not even worried about actors at that point. You're promoting dinosaurs. That's a good and point. People too. had not yep. seen dinosaurs, which is that, actually a better yeah. testament to an even bigger compliment to the film. The yeah, because they could have yeah. they could have been like, look, this is a movie about dinosaurs. We're going to hire any old actors. We can't. We we don't care. Right. Instead, they went and hired good actors, yeah, and again, did. the adult cast, which awesome. weren't super necessarily superstar, right? That are going to demand, but they're going to fit the project That's very, right. very well. That's but right. the star it. of the show was the dinosaurs yes. in terms of the marketing capabilities sure. of this. Yes, because 
people were buying T-Rexes. I had a T-Rex, the, the, the rubber one that had the, the action, like pieces of flesh come out of it and everything too. That's like, cool. Yeah, it was like a little piece of flesh come out. I was like, ah, oh, dino battle was after my kind to- of thing. It was after my toy time. But- <laughs> oh, my toy time went into a bad age. Well, it went, to, went till yesterday, actually. It, uh, no, it's, it's- I mean, it went away and then it came back. It's it, like it, I had Power Rangers toys up until like eighth grade. All right, we need to get this back on the rails. Jimmy, yeah. can you please say uh, no, no, no? Okay, well, so okay. toys We've from Jurassic Rangers. Park, yes, which but, is the movie we're talking. But how about? many people are we buying like a Dr. Grant toy? They're buying dinosaurs. Yeah, people really? want di- dinosaurs were the star, and they knew that because it's marketable to so many different people. Because you'd get that prime age of a kid that was it's PG thirteen. But you're getting an 11 year old that still loves dinosaurs and into an adventure. It's like, oh, this dinosaur is awesome. And adults are like, we're seeing dinosaurs on the big screen. Like, it was one of those things that's going to be very difficult for it to fail unless they just completely failed. And Spielberg was not going to fail. Well, and I will say, you bring up a great point, actually, is that's. it's almost two movies in one, well, two genres in one. The first half of the film is adventure and discovery and a sense and, of wonder. Yeah, sense of yeah. Thank you. A sense of fantasy and wonder. And then the second half is a borderline horror film. It's a slasher movie. Yeah, it's a dino sure. horror thriller, but it's not Velocipaster. All right, and thank God. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> hey, Velocipaster. <laughs> I don't, somewhere, somebody had a bingo card that when you said Velocipaster on this podcast at some point, they were going to leave. Congratulations to Gene from Pacoima. <laughs> Goes to a young fan from Shawinigan. I like Pacoima better. <laughs> please, please just, if you're on TikTok, type in Velocipaster and just watch that whole thread yeah, of TikToks. It's, it's, it's you a just thing. have to. Yeah. But, but seriously, that's... It, it it does go into that, Jeremy. That wow, I called you, Jeremy. Said to go over. That just felt weird. It does feel weird. This feels weird to me. All out. But but it does. It, it gives you that sense too, where you're actually kind of holding on of what's going to happen next from the moment when Doctor Sadler is trying to just get the thing recharged and turn Jurassic Park back on. You know something's about to happen. The music yeah. cues you. The lighting cues you. But the greatest thing about this, though, is that you don't know what it is no. because it could be multiple things. Yes, and that's the difference between. A trope is probably the wrong word, but a trope like that, I right? Guess, okay, and like maybe like a standard horror movie, right? Where you're like, okay, we all know the slasher is right. out there, right. and you don't it's know probably going to ninety percent chance it's going to be that scare, right? Whereas right. you, it could be the Velociraptor, it could be Dilophosaurus, it, it could be a Dilophosaurus, right? Dilophosaurus, it could be um, Samuel Jackson's character. I think his name is Ray. Yeah, there's it could a be piece I mean, of him. It could, yeah, yeah. It could, yeah, it could be any n- number of. He things. certainly has a part in that. It could be the hunter. Remember who she? Who, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, He's not doing well Favorite at one. this point, but I'm saying he could have survived. And done he's so, you not know. doing well. I mean, you know. We're being hunted. <laughs> Clever girl. Oh, one of my favorite lines in a movie ever. Clever girl line. And then, yeah. Okay. I, oh, you're right. It, you're right. And, and it's because we don't see it. And, uh, you know, one of the cool things about this movie was uh, that most of it took place at night. Okay? So you have the awe and wonder stuff during the day, but really the scary stuff is at night. And so, uh, first of all, the effects look more real mm-hmm. when things you got a darker set. So, okay, so really it helps. But it also, our minds fill in the rest, you know, our imagination. Dark and in the rain. Yeah. Your, your, your imagination is making a scarier monster that any CGI person could never create, right? And then when, you know, when it comes, you are fully satisfied with this amazing visual effect. Like, I, I think I'm more scared of Dilophosaurus than I'm a T-Rex. So because the base looks cute. No, because it looks cute at first though. Right. It's yeah, almost then, like then it fans out. Playful. Yeah, then it fans sounds, out. Head tilt like yeah. oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then, then it kills like, Newman I, from Seinfeld. And then it's like, but how will I kill you? But I do have a nitpick. <laughs> I shall spit on your face. <laughs> but I do have a nitpick with Dilophosaurus. And this That's is what Reggie told me. I call him Reggie. Please He's a bad wh- actor. Reginald, like Reginald, just he was discussed a little inappropriately. Reginald D. Lophosaurus. <laughs> and you tell me not to go certain places. Reginald D. Lophosaurus. He's your got time. an amazing IMDb profile. Oh my gosh. You check it out. <laughs> so, Sorry. So, so the I, I problem. Did. So the problem. With this dinosaur. And this is one of those very, very nitpicky things that I, I'm not sure if this is, can be used interchangeably, or it could be an editing thing, whatnot. They refer to to the venom that Dilophosaurus spits, which is the black goo that is yeah. on Newman's face, as poisonous and venomous. Poison, typically you're ingesting it, you're touching it, 
Whereas venom deals with something like a snake. It bites you. It injects its venom into you. It is injected. Against your will. Against your will. Whereas poison, you could be food poisoning or poison ivy. It's something that is poisonous. It's not something that is coming from um, a, a living creature like that. I am like all this. for continuity. But this is ridiculous. This is uh, come on. This it's is just, a nerd level. Yeah, like, it this is. is. This this. But know, uh, but people that but scientists and biologists would appreciate. Deep. I think it being right. Okay, I'll give you that. That I'll give you that. If they went so far as to and it was in the book, but if they went so far as to research that frog DNA was used to fill in the gaps in the. Dino DNA. The, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, who has a Funko Pop at Target, by the way. Uh, <laughs> here or there. It's just really weird. If they, if they went so far as to put the frog DNA in there to fill in the gaps. And, and, the then, frogs and, and frogs could, have been known yeah, in certain species yeah. Yeah, to, to migrate male to female depending on their environment. If they know that and go to those lengths, I will admit that you are correct. They should probably know the difference between venom and poison. It's but I will minor. also say that Oh, it's very minor. That's my point. It's so burn minor. Like it's if as dinosaurs are big, that is so minor. Are you? T- is that taking you out of the film? No. Okay. Again, right. I've said I love the film, and it's just a minor nitpick. <laughs> it is just a minor nitpick because I see you know, when you right see word. it so many times, little things start to stand out to you more because you know what you enjoy. Maybe you like, should be like me and only watch it every fifteen years. Uh, maybe maybe should I shouldn't be like you because you have really crappy takes on movies. Justin, what he's just yeah, saying is starts. leave the house sometimes. Okay, so, but here's the thing, too. What I've seen in the Jurassic World previews is we're seeing an evolution in the science of dinosaurs because they're putting feathers on dinosaurs because they have dis- have recent they, discoveries. Know, which yeah. they talked about more. in Jurassic Park. About them evolving to birds, but they did not really mention that they had feathers then. Mentioned evolution No, but they mentioned birds. on several occasions yeah. in the film, Dr. Grant specifically says... They're more like birds than reptiles. Right. But what they've recently discovered, and again, this is not supposed to be a scientifically accurate movie. It's just little things here and there because a velociraptor did not exist. It was not an actual thing. They made it up for the film and for the book. I don't, don't give me that look. No, that's not true. Yes, yes it is. All right. You know what? Go, on. Not a go, real on, with dinosaur. Your, go on with your little point. I'm going to prove But feathers, okay. that so many dinosaurs, because of the relation to birds too, so many dinosaurs actually did. But it's difficult to see that in research when you only have bones. It's really difficult you're to infer the, that. You're the little boy actor that, that Jeremy hates <laughs> talking about dinosaurs from his flashcards. <laughs> it's a uh, gala, gala, gala I, I just Yeah, I just had a floating above my own body moment, and I realized you are that kid. Oh, yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. Velociraptor, meaning swift Caesar in Latin, is a genus of... A word I cannot pronounce. Theropod dinosaur that lived approximately seventy-five to seventy-one million years ago. Suck it, Velociraptor hater. That is a no, real no, thing. No, no. If you're thinking about the other one in Jurassic World where he puts the Velociraptor and the T Rex together, that's not real. Well, I know that, but the Velociraptor is absolutely a real dinosaur. <laughs> okay. He just had like I just like a kid who finds out something about Santa Claus moment. You just you crushed him, Jeremy. Just hit, and they also had the, feathers in the heart. The way the Jurassic the Park the puts them out there is not the real. He's it's not supposed to be real. Just, no, because at the moment they didn't exist. Then they became to exist later. They just created her own dinosaur. They created and then it the was name right. Of it. it was not called Velociraptor. But yes, dude, it fit the narrative. It's it's. It's on the Googles oh <laughs> from millions of years ago. But right in now. an effort to move the Untitled Film Project podcast Holy forward. It was also in the Cretaceous period, not the Jurassic period. <laughs> oh, well, it was fake five seconds ago, so I don't know what. I'm just saying. Well, why does it have a period all of a sudden? Uh, you two, you go to your separate corners for just a second. Okay. I'm going to go over here to the Industrial Revolution where there were no Triceratops until. <laughs> That's when Jim was born. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Those of you that had eh, approximately 29, 30 minutes into the podcast, Ooh. when would they make fun of Jim's age? You win. Again, another bingo card. It's the over under. The yeah. over under. And we, we went way over this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Spielberg trope that I noticed. He does in all his movies, at least in the early ones, that he does in this one is he loves to show the actors looking at the amazing thing. 
So if you if you think okay, you've got Sam Neill ripping off his sunglasses, you've got you know them peering out of the jeep, and they're they're holding themselves up higher so they can see the dinosaurs out on the range even more. But they don't you don't see the dinosaurs yet. You just see people staring in wonder, which is probably happens more in this movie than any of his other movies, like they do in like E.T. Rightfully or, so. You know, right. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's all these people gathering. They're all looking up at the white light like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And then they get to the dinosaur in, in this movie. So he definitely is in key people looking up at stuff Spielberg mode. But I will say that's a real dangerous playground to be in because I know it's Spielberg and he's like a, you know, a boss. Is but, it dangerous, though, the right yeah, word? Be, yes, because if you are not the director that Spielberg is and you decide <laughs> to create a sense of wonder – pre-reveal through the eyes for the, the audience yes it better be good because yes. you can it can so it, it can ruin the like, rest of the film if you're wrong so it shouldn't look like what a real velociraptor looked like which is about a foot and a half tall with feathers with feathers apparently. and a boa there's <laughs> a feather boa <laughs> hello my baby hello <laughs> my honey hello my ragtime gal i'm a velociraptor <laughs> Keep going with that. What are you going to rhyme with that? What are you going <laughs> No, no, but but it's 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 ballsy. Is my but point. but I'm sure it has it to do is. with budget as well too. In terms of the more screen time you give to things, the more expensive it's going to be because typically it's going to be an effect. Sure. What you're looking at, but it's so pulling you the have to build up the drama. Back, but you have to build up the drama to it, so it does. I like, totally slightly agree. agree with you. Like that's that's what it has to deliver totally on it. But because of the expense for what you're looking at too, if you can build up that drama, it delivers bigger instead of just. Bam! There's a dinosaur. There it is. Yeah, but you, you when you build it up with <laughs> hello, the, my baby. Hello. I rocked it. So when you when you do that though, it does build up the anticipation and drama to where you can you have it on screen for limited time, but it makes that limited time mean that much more. I agree with that. I'm just simply saying that the pattern that Jimmy's bringing up yes. of, of Spielberg doing it's a gamble this, an awe thing. Now, again, he's got a formula, right? Yes, you know, it, it works, works, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, if you're just a normal run-of-the-mill director and you try to build that in your film, you better be, it better pay off real quick. If you're going to because if it's a letdown, King, King you're in Kong, trouble. Yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah. yeah so, is trouble. there a moment that you can think of off the top of your head? This is obviously not prepared, or something like that hasn't delivered, where a moment was built up and it didn't deliver. If in, I thought about that, I probably could come up. In with Jurassic Park, I can't. Think no, no, of no, one. not Jurassic Park. I think it's in anything, 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 any movie. Uh, I mean, wow. there's certain directors that can pull it off. Obviously, Spielberg. For sure. So I think it's a yeah. it's a good gamble. Like it's a good bet. Yeah, no, for him it is. Him. I'm just simply saying the the, the practice of doing that. Of if you're if you're an aspiring film student listening to this show and you want to create the sense of awe for your audience and you try and choose to do it this way, my point is you better be swinging for the fences and connect. And not That's be all a pastor right. where it just says big explosion <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quickly go around the room. What's your grade? Or not grade? I'm sorry. What's your what's your what's your number? What's your score? Let's go. Oh, nine point okay. five out of ten. 9. Justin 5. goes nine point five. That's uh, okay. All right. Well, I not surprising because you've seen it so much. Uh, I am going to go nine. I'm going to go nine. It's, I am also going to go nine. Yeah. If if it, uh, I mean, it's it's got a summer blockbuster. It's things are dumbed down a little bit, overexplained a little bit. If it wasn't that, I'd give it a 10. Like, it's so close to being a 10. So if they had Poisonous and Venomous, right? <laughs> and better kid actors. And better kid actors. Yes, yes, I, yes. Hey, just want to throw out there, you said yeah. dumb down and you know, explain. So I want it right back at you. Yeah, I wanted a realistic, you know, more of like a you know heartfelt drama of somebody Feathers. trying to make it in New York Feathers. City. With feathers, uh, I'm sorry, but but we want to know what you all think. Yeah. Obviously, most of you have seen that have seen it, probably enjoyed it. But what are some of your favorite moments? What are some of those nitpicky moments? There might be things that maybe we didn't see in this film in terms of nitpicky of what just bothers you. Even if you love, love, love the film, what's a nitpicky moment that you found in there? And do you agree with some of the ones that we had? We want to have an open conversation with you on our yes. social media channels. Yes. You can follow us at Untitled Film Project on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, make sure you interact with us, and we'll make sure we get uh, a TikTok channel going, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. Gover's going to do dances. I would no. love to hear from somebody who hates Jurassic Park. That would be great, Tell yeah. us why. Or somebody who saw it and after everybody told them it was great and said, it didn't live up to the hype. So, all opinions are invited. Please. All right. 
It's time for another question. Jeremy K. The K stands for knowledge, apparently. Gover. Not about music scores. <laughs> has a question for us to decide. But it does on this one. So, guys, I have been super excited all day to spring this on you. Three movies you wish you could have seen in the theater. I got one easily. On that all right. One. Oh, all right. Wow. Are we talking easily. movies that like, oh, because uh, it came out before you were born? Sure. Or is it movies that you just like, oh, I saw that on cable or I, well, I streamed it. <laughs> oh, God. And I, you I'd know, like to see it without commercials, please. <laughs> I missed it. When, <laughs> you know, like it was one of those movie, <laughs> movies you discover like because you didn't go see it in the theater, but you found out it was great and then you streamed it. This comes from the sensation of seeing, uh, you know, a blockbuster film recently on opening night. Okay. You get caught up in the celebration, in the surprises, yes. in the in the, the the emotion of it all. The audience with around you, mm-hmm. 80, 90, 100 other people, right for a bigger film. Sure. Right? The laughter is contagious, as you guys all know. Yeah. If you've seen, you know, you go see watch a comedy, whatever, it's just is contagious. It's funnier for people. So when I think back to certain films, I'm like, man, I wish I could have had. Now, in fairness, movies have evolved. The movie going experience has evolved, so right, sure. there hasn't been a lot of celebrating the end of a film, like clapping, right? Right in the eighties. Okay, when you went to see ET, mm-hmm. for example, you weren't like standing ovation. Whereas now, if you went and saw like Spider Man No Way Home, I was in a theater with a standing ovation. But did you see ET in a theater? That's my first movie I ever saw. Okay, what do you yes. remember about it? Nothing. My parents had to tell me about it. What are we paying you for? My point is, is I was seven. Or not even that, actually. I was probably five. Write it down. Save something. Jeez, Justin, think ahead. So my point, is, my, my point is, is that okay. uh, movies have changed. But just with the, the sensation of seeing it in the theater, as we all know, is totally different than seeing it at home. For sure. So therefore, I've tried to stall and vamp long enough to give you time to think. What are your three films that you'd love to have seen in the theater? Okay, uh, this is Jim, and I'm uh, stammering to say, okay, the first one, this was so easily one I wanted to see in a theater. The second, I saw it in a film course in college. Oh. Okay? Because Debbie it was does mo- Dallas. It, it, <laughs> did you, were we in the same class? Porkies. <laughs> oh, my God, you're wrong. Oh, my God. Yes, that was my second favorite. Okay. No, I, I had seen... 2001, A Space oh, Odyssey. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd seen it on television, right? But then I, you study it, and then, uh, you know, the one film class I took in college where you, they're starting to show you what Stanley Kubrick did, mm-hmm. okay? And appreciate what's in a movie. And then I'm going, oh, my. To be in the th- theater with these images as big as, you know, you can imagine, uh, even, like, there's things in that movie where you see Dave, the astronaut, you know, who's off on the mis- mission, and there's reflections of all the instrumentation that he's in, you know, this shuttle, right? And the way they reflect off of him, and I'm like, that professor's explaining, like, oh, man, it's, can you see the technologies, like, engulfing him? In and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this, it, this one still shot was a thing of beauty. To see it on a big screen, I would pay a lot of money. So, time that's a, machine. It's a solid one. I okay. wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, you want to keep like going that. around the horn, or do you uh, want to? Let's go to Justin. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's the first one that pops up for you? I mean, the first one that instantly, as soon as go over, said Star Wars: A New Hope, which then was just Star Wars. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I, I wasn't was not alive mm-hmm. then, and then obviously as a kid growing up, but still the way that Star Wars changed science cinema. fiction and cinema and fantasy and all of that. With yep. the special effects and everything, just based on how that '70s show <laughs> wrote about it, or how the Goldbergs addressed it, yeah. any of these nostalgia-style shows, and how it changed everything, changed and how movies are. Pro- yeah, so seeing that on a big screen and seeing a movie that's oh for for nerds for geeks, a movie that's made for me on the big screen and being successful and everything. Even if it might have had cheesy lines and things like that, but just the the fantasy about it and the science fiction behind it, seeing that in a movie theater, that's not a re-release, but the original, mm-hmm. not the stupid Lucas when it's, added yeah, yeah, digital Not the Lucas 17 iterations. Stuff. Yeah, but Star Wars, that's the number one for me. Number yeah. one. I will rank that. That is number one. A right. New Hope is on my list when I thought of this. Okay, Jeremy, I was, Jeremy I was, shares the opinion. I was like two months old. Okay. So uh, you didn't take notes. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I agree with you on that as far as the the scope of everything. For me, 
even though I was one month old and wouldn't have cared, I'm also including putting myself into the era. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if 1977 comes around and I'm 20, 25, 30, even 40 years old, going to that film to see the grand scale of everything where the ships look real and the planets look real and the, like they well, have Jeremy, all that. Let me, let me it, tell you. As an 11 year old boy that mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> little Jimmy was going to the movies and heard there was a pretty cool movie coming out when the very first Star Destroyer oh, yes. enters the screen from the top of the screen dun, and you dun, see the dun, enormity dun, 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 of that dun, dun, craft. Yes. And you have never seen a spaceship ever even approach <laughs> the size of that thing. Uh, you literally were like, I was on a thrill ride, okay? And it's it, the opening scene. Yeah. yeah. I hear the music playing. That's what. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, it's the, so, it. so, yeah, so to, that's exactly my point. So to see that scope and that, those images and make, and it's so real. Like, it seems so real. That yeah. would be, for that day and time, especially, where, like, hadn't really been approached yet, like, that kind of technology. That just is tremendous to me. You know, there's no right and wrongs, but that is absolutely right. <laughs> that, is, that is. Subjectively, that is right. All right, Jimmy, let's get your You couldn't have made then. Jim's list because he saw it. Right. I the did theater, see so. it. That's right. That's I right. saw it 11 times in the movie theater. Really? First run. Oh, so that does not count the re-release. Does that probably no. cost $11 total? Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's probably about a buck twenty-five to get mm-hmm. to the movies. So, Dang, I'm good. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> it was it was great. I, anybody that wanted to go hadn't gone. I went with them. Okay, that was me so. with any of the Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was definitely uh, you know I, I I feel very privileged to have seen it. Uh, the other one that I think I would like to have seen in the movie theater itself. My son bought bought it on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. Ready Player One. Okay. 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 Not a great movie, in my opinion. Especially if you're a fan of the book. I enjoy the right. movie, but if you're a fan of the book, people I, hated it. I did not. I did not read the book, but I know fans of the book that were very disappointed. I just thought it wasn't that great of a movie. Uh, but technically, sound wise, visually, mm-hmm. the CGI, the a hundred Easter eggs on the screen at oh, one yeah, time, time that I see at home, I know is just a fraction of was probably up on the big screen theater, the, mm. the IMAX or, you know, any one of the, you know, specialty viewing theaters. Uh, I think that would have been a, just a treat for the eyes. Yeah, I like that, Jim. I like that because I like how you picked a movie that wasn't necessarily overly popular and has been a little bit... Maligned? Yeah, people <laughs> yeah. Don't know, even though they're making another one, they're making Ready Player Two uh, as well. But I appreciate, I like the movie. I thought it was fun just as a geek and seeing the nostalgia and the Easter eggs sure. and everything too. And I was trying to do my best to separate it from the book and it's very difficult to do that because i had to update it from the book because the book's old right so they had to update it for this day and age mm-hmm. so i i can the, definitely appreciate the that tech Jim. had to change yeah all right justin you're number two all right if you've uh, had time enough to think about it of course yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the guy who brings the question <laughs> well he said right when i gave him the question he said one you know yeah. like right at the bat he was right like i think bat. of one so okay the other one is uh indiana jones raiders of lost ark Okay. So yeah. uh, that one so right there. Two George Lucas films already. I know. Is there I know. A theme developing here? And, no, no. Yeah. I promise. The third one is going to be very different for okay, me. Okay. okay. Uh, okay well, but but yeah, also the, John Williams scored. But this one also was different because the way it changed adventure films as yeah. well on mm-hmm. the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Ford and just the adventure and and everything. I mean, I can only imagine what it was like for so many kids. Wanting to be Indiana Jones and go on adventures and having a whip and having go play in the field behind play, their yeah, house and go see trying if they to discover things, and- yeah, and want to travel the world and everything like that too. So it opened up a whole new world for adventure, and I liked how it was set decades in the past as well because they didn't have to do something that was up to date right then. They're looking at something that already happened historically, right? It's and an era. It helped. It helped so much as they continued to progress in that trilogy or. I mean, do we really want to include the Crystal Skull? No. Okay, in no, the, tr- in the original trilogy no, of Indiana Jones, how it was able to progress through that as well, too. So I just, I would have loved to have seen that just because of what it did, again, for adventure cinema. Justin, uh, I'm just wondering, is the third movie on your list also a George Lucas movie nope. starring Harrison Ford? Nope. It is not. <laughs> It definitely is not. It's American Graffiti. So my second one is uh, my second one is actually it's it's a it's I'm cheating a little bit. All right. The answer is Pulp Fiction. Jeremy goes. No, no. Listen, Tarantino. Okay. I know, but uh, but here's why. I saw the. I was a senior in high school. 
Yeah. And a buddy of mine, Dan Chase, shout out to Dan. I haven't talked to him in like 20 years, but hey, shout out to Dan. Uh, he was could not shut up about how great Pulp Fiction was. And I was like, okay, I didn't have any interest, but he will not be quiet about it. I got to go right. see it. And so one weekend I went and saw it with my girlfriend at the time. And I got about halfway through. And I was like, I don't understand anything that's going on. These stories don't make any sense. They don't connect at all. Oh, this is ridiculous. In a nutshell. Right. Well, right. But it's only a second film. But you, yeah. you I didn't know. And I had never seen Reservoir Dogs. You didn't, you didn't know. So I didn't know that was Eventually, right. these paths are so all going to cross. So, we, so I left, we left the movie halfway through. Oh. And we, like went, and we went and did something you else. You left a film? I'm getting to that. So I, so I get back to school, whatever, the next day, whether it was the next day or Monday, whatever. And I told Dan, I was like, what did you see about that movie? It was terrible. <laughs> And he goes, did you stand at the end? I was like, why would I? It was like two hours and a half or whatever. The, you know. And he's like, you got to stay to the end. And I was like, I don't want to stay to the end. It was awful. How good could it be? He's like, trust me. So I rented it on VHS. And I saw. Be kind, please rewind. And I saw, yeah. And I, and I watched the whole thing. And it was, it, it was a masterpiece of cinema. Yeah, and it changed how I watch movies. And to this day, no matter how bad the film is, I will not leave early it because of that you. one film in the mid '90s. Okay, well, I so that's something, but your movie takes still suck. So that well, <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the show for any length of time, that doesn't surprise you. You've seen him on social media. So, Paul Fitchick, over. How hot was the girl that you were with that you wanted to leave early? To do whatever happened after that to movie snog. with that girl. To snog, as they say. Snog? In Harry Potter. Get oh. with the program, Sorry. bro. Come Sorry. on. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Your wife uh, would but, appreciate it. Well, no, it's, it's not about that. I just don't want like thinking of her. So, <laughs> so Pulp, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. No, I really if you are Jeremy's ex and you're listening, I, I please call us. I guarantee you she's uh, not listening. <laughs> the... the Pulp Fiction is my second answer because, or my second one because because of that. I wish I saw it in the theater all the way through. So I'm kind of cheating Ooh. in the sense that I did see it, but I didn't. And then I saw it again. I was like, "It's a great story and a lesson it. learned." It is very much a lesson learned. Yeah. So all Jimmy, right. third one. Wow, I'm having a real hard time with this one, but I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna say this one for what you talked about is being around other people laughing. Uh, so this is Spinal Tap. Oh, the original wow. rockumentary, wow. right? Okay, so obviously, I did not see it in the theaters. It wasn't. It never made it in theaters. It made like four dollars. Okay, <laughs> and then it well, like, how many pounds did it make? <laughs> Internationally, it made nine dollars. <laughs> it was, but everybody discovered that movie after the fact, and they go, "Oh my God, this 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 movie about this." fictitious band is genius and i would have loved to have been in an audience you know surrounded by people who all get it oh all see those silly you know rock era tropes mm-hmm. played out by one band and and how absolutely brilliant that movie was and i yeah i would miss that having that group chuckle i got to see the I got to see the three guys. The, this is Spinal Tap. I got to see those guys in concert, unplugged and acoustic at the Ryman. Wow, uh, you and are a it lucky was man. Unbelievable. The musicianship was real. It was so great. Anyway, right. sorry. Right, Justin, I, why are you apologizing? Well, because I cut you. I didn't want to. You, you know, didn't cut me. I'm going to need you to realize. <laughs> you only cut me off if I was actually talking. I know, but I. <laughs> circ, oh, fine. I circumvented what your number three film is. Not really. You were. It was relative. You're talking know, about Spinal Tap. It's all good. Bad. Justin, so what is it? it? Okay. Yeah, what's the movie you want to see in theaters that you didn't? Let's see your reaction to this one. The Wizard of Oz. Oh. Interesting choice. Oh. For the same reasons as Star Wars, I imagine. Changed cinema was yeah. the first major. I mean, there was a nine-minute one that was like 1908 or something like that. That was a British right. film that was in color. Yeah, but of the course, first, everybody knows about How many that pounds one. did that make? <laughs> <laughs> The sound that Jim just made is what I imagine the instruments are going to sound like at the World Cup coming up. I just Cuban <laughs> Bubazalas. Yeah. Uh, but The Wizard of Oz, major production in color, in Technicolor. 
And so to see, yeah, that's true. to be in an audience that has been so used to seeing black and white films and oh, have yeah. that transi- transition happen. And it happens from, in the movie. In yeah. the movie. Right. It's, right. Yeah, it doesn't the start in color then. and then that you're, you kind of lose that moment. You actually... And obviously, yeah, no social media. Yeah. Yep. You know, you, you probably had reviews and everything too, but how many of the audience probably understood that? Just, oh, I want to go see this because I heard so many great things or it's the first one. This, but right. you don't realize the transition is coming the way it that's is. That's a good point. And everything yes. too. So the shock value of that, granted, I'm sure audiences were different back then still, but... Imagine being in that time, you still have the, <gasps> as soon as she lands in yes, Oz and what sure. it looks like all in color. That's a great choice. That's, that's why I went with that. All right, that's really good. Thank that you. beats probably any aha change moment that we have ever lived oh, yeah. in movies. Oh, for sure. Okay? And we've seen a lot of cool stuff. But, yeah, that, that was a game changer. So and I feel really like, nice. uh, I shouldn't even say my third one now because that's what? so good. Oh, well, thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> mine's... <laughs> Purely selfish, and it's uh, it's a. I don't even know if it was even in theaters. Maybe maybe limited run or something. Uh, but my the documentary Pond Hockey. Uh, okay, is up no, there. I didn't see it. It's a very personal take, and I, I'm, I appreciate that. Yeah, because so for those who don't know, there's a pond hockey documentary that chronicles the first ever outdoor pond hockey championship tournament. Jim was there for it, and. <laughs> yes. The age jokes keep coming. Uh, and, yes. I babysat a lot of the kids. Yes. Yeah. While they, the, yes. the adults could go yes. play. The under that. 30 division yeah. was babysat yeah. by Jim. <laughs> it was so great. And it made me want. Like, it, it's a documentary and it's single handedly, even though I'm watching it at my house mm-hmm. on DVD, not Blu ray, DVD at the time when it came Ooh. out. And it made me want to go play outside. The movie did. Is that what inspired you? Because for those that don't know, Mm. all three of us have played pond hockey together. In the pond hockey championships. In the pond hockey championships in Minnesota. Is this what inspired you to want to do that as a group? Exactly what inspired me. That's awesome. So so on a previous life, on a podcast I had, we were going to interview the director. Okay? And so I had to do my, you know, you go do your research, right? You can't just wing it. And they sent us an advanced copy of the document yeah that's true uh the document especially with musical scores uh they sent me they sent us an advanced copy on dvd and so we got to watch it early and it i mean it had me emotional in the sense that it wasn't like crying like that but it was emotional in the sense of like i have to do this before i die Ooh. like it was that much of a pull it became a bucket list and you did it, it multiple became, times before and you i did it three die times, long yeah. long time from now yeah yes right nice yeah hopefully not no regrets when you pass, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done what I need to do, which is play outside. So, Pond Hockey, the, the documentary is my other one. Again, I don't know if it was in theaters at all, ever, but I that is one that I wish I could have seen. It has that, a personal that, connection for on you. that grand scale. I totally understand that. It's, I think it's totally fine to follow The Wizard of Oz because that is a personal Well, Wizard of Oz, no, 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 Pond no, no, Hockey, be, it's no, a little bit different. because this question is what we, we want. That's so a good it point. is selfish. That's so you say point. selfishly, right. it is supposed to be selfish. That's it's what point. we want to appreciate. And I would love to hear what. Your three movies that you wish you saw in a theater are because a lot of people either can't get to the theater and they they, they watch it out of just uh, convenience at home. Sure, they wait for it to streams. They don't want to pay the money. Other people like myself, and I'm sure like you guys as well, will find every excuse at, right. ever to go to the theater. And most of the movies I watch yep. at home are re. Like I've like oh I know I liked that movie right, so I'm gonna right. watch it again. I'm truly curious about the responses because it will depend on the era that you grew up in. I think too, and what's going sure. to determine that and your taste in movies. So let us know. Yeah, let us know. This has been our take on Jurassic Park. Almost 30 years later, I'm Jim Chandler. I'm Justin Bradford. I'm Jeremy Gover. And this is the Untitled Film Project Podcast. Why is it called that? Because all the good names were taken. taken.